the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, February the 2nd, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On February 2nd, 2013, former Navy SEAL and American sniper, author Chris Kyle, he was fatally shot along with a friend. No, not in military. He had already completed that part of his life. Chad Little and he had taken this guy to a uh, shooting range. They were kind of mentoring him. They were Christians, and they were mentoring him. And the uh, former Navy SEAL and his friend was teaching this guy. They were doing a little training out at the shooting range. They had their rifles. Once they got out there, this guy turned on them and shot them both. A sad, sad story. It's been made into a movie, and there's a book written about it. That happened today in 2013. Today in 1653, New Amsterdam was incorporated. We know it as New York City. Today in 1887, Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Yeah, it held its first Groundhog Day festival. Puxatawney, Phil. What's it like outside your window today? Is it sunny or cloudy? Today, 1914, Charles Chapman, Charlie Chapman, made his first movie, his debut. It was a comedy short, just a few minutes long. It was called Making a Living. Today, in 1925, the legendary Alaska Serum Run, it ended as the last of a series of dog mushers, brought a life-saving treatment to Nome. There was a diphtheria epidemic there. The only way to save people's lives was to get the medicine there. The only way to get the medicine there was with a team of dogs and a sled. And they did. And they saved lives. Associated Press says this morning, I quote, In 2023, a huge high-altitude Chinese balloon sailing across the U.S. drew Pentagon accusations of spying while sending excited Americans outside with binoculars. That's the way they describe the big white balloon. Remember it? Just last year. What really happened, this is how this is how the news, without saying it, how they shape what America thinks about every single issue. It doesn't matter whether it's a white balloon or whether it's a an old president shuffling around in Europe somewhere. They always give you words that will lead you to believe what they want you to believe. They're not reporting the news. That isn't at all what happened. I mean, yes, there was a Chinese balloon. It was a high altitude and it was floating around all over the United States. But it was spotted first. It was made public first by a farmer. He saw it up in the sky, took a picture of it, didn't know what it was, took a picture of it and Gave it to a few people, and it ended up on the Internet. And um, people started looking at it. People started talking about it. It got into the public arena, and people realized what it was. It was from China, 
and they began calling on our government, the Pentagon and other of the Biden administration to shoot it down or do something with it. I mean, don't just ignore it like it doesn't exist because it was floating around over our military establishments, including in Montana and elsewhere. The Biden administration watched it and everybody had finally pretty much figured out what it was. They watched it until it had made its journey of spying all the way across the United States. I'm not overstating this. And once it was had finished its mission and was sailing off our eastern seaboard, off the east coast, they shot it down. And when they were confronted over, why did you let this go so long? They said, well, we didn't want to harm anybody on the ground, so we waited till it was over the ocean to shoot it down. That's why we need the Bible as our guiding light. Certainly not the American press. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. John 14, 1 is one of my favorite verses. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I do, and I hope you do as well. Believe also in him, Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 is often quoted. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's the word of the Lord. An American pastor is wanted on dubious charges by the communist government of Nicaragua. They're reporting to local news, Breitbart, and some other conservative news sources here in the United States. His ministry is called Mountain Gateway. I don't, I've never had any contact with him, and I don't know the people, but they're having some enormous revival services in Nicaragua. But... The Nicaraguan government, the country is, is, is Christian. I spent a lot of time in Nicaragua. And the, the country, and we built and started churches there and one thing or another. Um, the country is, is fairly religious. I mean, it's fairly Christian. And, and, uh, the, but the government is communist. It's about 50, I, I, it has been, and I think this would still be true. It's about 50% Catholic, and it's about 33% evangelical Christian. So that is an enormous amount of Christians in the country. Um, So with that as a backdrop, what's happened is Pastor John Britton Hancock, he's explaining that the Sandinistas uh, government told his ministry that they're facing charges of money laundering and organized crime, but has not published an indictment or clarified the alleged evidence backing the charges. Hancock confirmed that the Nicaraguan government is obstructing due process in such a degree that that uh, his organization doesn't even have the charging documents that say what the crimes are that they allegedly committed. And this is happening repeatedly. This guy, this pastor, is 
is uh, having enormous meaning. I mean, tens of thousands of people are coming out to his revival services, and he's preaching the gospel, and people are getting saved, and, and th- there's a real move of God in the country. And the government, the Sandinistas, are trying to squash it, and that's not new to our experience, even in this, particularly in this generation. But it is, it's interesting that they would take such a position against Christianity because I don't see how they could see that Christianity um, challenges them other than somehow getting a more Christian-type leadership in the country. That's very challenging to the left, whether it's in Nicaragua or the United States. But they have also sought to arrest uh, Hancock's son and his daughter-in-law, and all American citizens who work in Christian ministry. Wow, that would include me if I were still down there involved. And I could see how that could happen. It could happen very easily because the, the people are not really able to resist the government in these kinds of countries. That's why it's so troublesome to me and, and I, many others, including many of you. It's so troublesome to see our country slipping toward that kind of an environment. In America, are we there? No, but we're certainly slipping in that direction, and we're moving in that direction by the policies, by just by the whole, um, the setup of of the way things are presented here. We're become what used to be concerning to Americans, or is now kind of like, well, there, there, there they go again. You know, well, there's nothing I can do about it. That type of thing, and they count on that. And the left, whether they're communist or Democrat, whatever they are, the left always goes for the longer haul. And the conservatives and the Christians are more in the moment. And we wait till something happens and we react. And by by the nature of what happens against Christianity, it often puts us in a position where we're in the reactive, not the proactive position. I understand that. And I think we should all understand that. I mean, we're not going out creating problems that we can solve. The left does that. They create problems, then they show up and say, well, I'm here now and I'm going to fix this problem. You see mayors doing that, governors of states, they ruin the state, then they show up as though they had nothing to do with it, but they're here now to fix the problem. And all we need is, you know, 3,000 beds to cure the you know, the drug problem, and we need $3 billion for Narcam and on and on and on, and nothing obviously ever is improved. So this applies, this whole movement of the left, the relativism, the cultural Marxism and all of it, is not just in America. It's everywhere there's people, because it's a spiritual matter it's not really a political matter. It plays out in politics, but it is a spiritual matter. So that's what's just a little bit of what's happening. There's a lot more in that report, but that's out there today, and I just wanted to make you aware of it. When you think of Nicaragua, you probably don't know anyone there. Some of you may, but in any case, remember them in prayer and cities and countries around the world. They're being challenged physically challenged if they're Christians simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Speaking of being challenged, this guy in Denver opened up a coffee shop 
And uh, he did it to help the homeless problem. Well, now, we all know that the homeless problem is terrible. And, and like I said a moment ago, I mean, these politicians are lighting up. And, you know, and, and, and Governor Jay Inslee on his way out now. But, he, he I mean, it's kind of like if you give me $10 million more, we can supply, you know, three beds to help the, the drug addicts. And 10 years later, the drug addicts are still out there and they build a house for them and or whatever. And they say, well, we want you to go into this little house. We're going to give you your own private space. And they look at the camera and they say, I don't want that. I want to stay on my drugs. I mean, that's where we are today. But this is a breath of fresh air, but it's not without resistance. But this guy is out there. He created this Christian a coffee shop in Colorado, and he's facing continued attacks now from the Communist Party of Denver. Yeah, the Communist Party of Denver and the LGBTQIA plus whatever protesters. They're trying to shut down his establishment that was created to help the homeless. Why are they so upset about this? Because he's not the right kind of solution. Their solution has to come through government it has to come through the power people, whomever, and it has to be fully secular. There can't be a Christian component in it because separation of church and state. Oh, boy. Anyway, I wanted to tell you a little bit about that story because it, it's it's something we need to be aware of, but I, I think it speaks probably to more of this in the future, but it also speaks to the great opportunities that we have. The guy's name is Jamie Sanchez. He's the founder of what he calls Recycle God's Love. And uh, he shared that he launched this coffee shop. It's called the Drip Cafe. (laughs) The Drip Cafe. He said he started this to help the homeless. The Drip Cafe is, he says, is basically an idea uh, from our project where we're helping homeless people get out of homelessness to break the chains that are holding them down with homelessness, he says. One of these important areas is to have a real job, to build a resume, to get work experience, to get used to socializing in a normal setting. In other words, finding out how to live with other people, not in your tent on the sidewalk. Well, now, what's wrong with that? Whether you're an atheist or a Baptist, I mean, what does it matter? If the guy's helping the homeless... Shouldn't we just say more power to you? Maybe even help him, but even if we don't help him. Coffee Shop's mission is to help the homeless through the affiliated project Revive. Hmm. Sanchez also shared that Drip Cafe gathers with community members for prayer and encouragement. So that's the problem. It's the prayer and encouragement. That's the problem. So what's wrong with prayer and encouragement? Well, Faithwire is reporting that the cafe has faced protests from the LGBTQ and communist protesters who want to shut it down. And they're saying that Sanchez and his colleagues are not the right kind of people to be helping the homeless. They're Christians and they're talking about their beliefs out loud. They're even applying their beliefs to these homeless people who are now finding their way and getting jobs and getting out of their tent on the sidewalk and they're not going to the bathroom on the sidewalk anymore. But we can't have this because these people are Christians. 
even though Sanchez and his group are actually helping people get off the street and have a life. We must shut them down. They've taken a stand on homosexuality. That may be the problem. I suppose it is. It's part of it. The organization is opposed to homosexuality as an alternative lifestyle. They deal with it a lot in their ministry, they say. Additionally, the organization holds that uh, homosexual lifestyle is contrary to God's word and purpose for humanity. And they quote 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. The Bible instructs that it is a sin that leads to death, the ministry statement reads. Sanchez says the protests have been going on for months and they haven't ceased. He said it's, it's about a statement on the ministry's website about their position on homosexuality primarily, but God in general. He says he's tried to ex- clarify exactly what the ministry, where they're coming from. He said, we don't hate gays. We're just telling the truth about the lifestyle and trying to save them because there's a lot of them apparently on the street. He says he's, we've tried to clarify exactly where this ministry's coming from. He said, I don't hate gays, but I do not accept their lifestyle because the Bible doesn't expect accept their lifestyle and I won't affirm it. The original statement, he's he's not tempered it, but I noticed he's rewritten it and put it in the broader context of their full beliefs. And his full beliefs is, is that, I, I looked into that with some interest, is the basically the evangelical statement of faith. And he goes through the numbers and so on, and the things that most all evangelical churches embrace and have as their statement of beliefs and so on. That's what he's done now. But he had he before that, in, in fairness, uh, I must say that he had said a lot about homosexuality, but it was all biblical. But that's what the point of the spear was. But now that he's he's put that in the broader context of what they believe as a ministry, which is the evangelical statement of, of beliefs or faith, they don't care. The people that are out to shut him down, I mean, it doesn't matter. They just move to the next uh, item on their list, on their checklist, as ways to get rid of this guy. So anyway... He said, this organization is instructed to love those living in such lifestyles while abhorring their sin. And he quotes 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. It says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, this is true. They don't like the truth. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders. He said, members of the church are forbidden to practice such sin. He said, any member found to be in such sin and unrepentant shall be subject to dismissal. In other words, we don't have members of our church that are practicing homosexuality. But he said, God can change your life. He can deliver you. That's not what they want to hear, the secular community in America. The Communist Party in Denver has joined with the homosexuals. They often do. That's not unusual. But the Communist Party's Facebook page is also advocating to shut the place down. They're, uh, they're pretty strong. said, we'd be happy to call a truce. We will stop protesting the Drip Cafe as soon as they shutter their business and stop spreading their vile anti-LGBTQ plus ideas. 
this Denver Westward, it must be a publication of some kind or a, a, a website, informational website or something. But the Denver Westward says, our goal is to drive them out. Um, and they're speaking on behalf of the of the Communist Party there. But the Communist Party has, has this on their own website as well. I checked it out. And while the protests were once weekly, uh, the Sanchez is saying they've now moved them to monthly. It might be because of the weather in the wintertime or whatever. But he said it's spiritual warfare that's going on, Sanchez says. He said by now they should realize they're not affecting us the way that they thought they would. Their goal is very clear. It's on their site. He said it's on their posters. They want to shut us down. He said these protesters show up claiming the cafe hates gay people and seeks to exploit the homeless. And he said, neither is true. He said, we're trying to help the homeless and we're trying to help the gay people get out of their destructive behavior. And he said, God can deliver them from this. He said, these people stand outside with a blowhorn. They're screaming. He said, if a customer tries to walk in the door just as a regular person, not coming there for help necessarily, but to buy something or eat or whatever, they're coming in. They will scream at them through this blowhorn and say, don't go in there. Don't go in there literally scare them from ever wanting to come to the cafe. He said, it's tough. Who is this guy, this Jamie Jamie Sanchez? Well, he's a, he's a widower. He has kids. He says he's, he's been the subject of personal attacks, including some surrounding his late wife. Wife died. He has a couple of kids. I think they're younger. He said they've even actually gone as far as attacking me personally, these people, saying that I'm using my late wife's death as a tool to get people to feel sorry for me. He said, that hurts. But he said, I have to do what God is leading me to do. He said, it's also, it's a confirmation of how powerful my testimony is that Christ has given me through my life, that the enemy would try to pull out and use it as a tool against me. He said, it is indeed spiritual warfare. Sanchez said that rather than give up on the drip cafe, he has persisted. He said, I've been trusting in the Lord throughout the journey and focusing on the broader mission. For me, he said, the cafe is not mine. He said, I don't see it as my cafe. He said, I don't see it as recycle God's love cafe. I see it as God's cafe. He gave it to us. If he wants it to go away, then he'll make it go away. What he's saying is God is in control. Sanchez said he will keep doors open until God says otherwise. He said, in fact, despite challenges, he said the cafe is preparing to hire its first homeless staff member, something that he's pretty elated about. He said, we're going to be able to take someone who essentially is hopeless. They feel like no one cares about them. No one loves them. He said, we're going to be able to just pull them out of out of that whole scene that they're on the street and show them that Christ loves them, and this has happened to this guy, and now they're going to hire him back to work there. He has been been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ and accepting him as Savior, and now this guy, this guy is going to become a working member of society. What is wrong with that? Nothing. That's supposed to be the goal. But it isn't really. The next time you drive through your city and see miles of tents and mountains of squalor. Remember that the leftist policies created this mess through sin and the toleration of things that God does not tolerate. Jesus Christ died on the, on the cross 
to save us from our sins and to deliver us from the chains that bind us. And the people that are in these tents and roaming the streets and defecating in front of the doors of businesses to where the businesses are now closing. God has broken those chains. Those people can be led to a better life and a better way through Jesus Christ. But make no mistake about it. Our self-aggrandizing politicians, particularly the left, who are always meeting and always coming up with solutions that involve billions of your dollars are not solving the problem. And they never will because they never have. It's always more money, more meetings, more suggestions, more plans from somebody in Detroit. And it never works or wherever. It never works. Jesus is the answer. I've only got a couple of minutes left today, but let me just touch on this. Teen Challenge in the 1970s was claiming, it was founded by David Wilkerson, who was a friend of mine. It was founded in the 60s in Brooklyn, or Bedford-Stuyvesant. It was the worst part of New York City at the time. David was a pastor in upper Midwest. He felt God speak to him, had a family, had a was a pastor of a church and everything was just going along just fine. And God spoke to his heart and told him to go to New York and preach the gospel on the streets to the gangs. And David didn't know anything about gangs, but he followed the Lord. You probably know the story. I don't have time to tell it. But when after about five to ten years of operation, Teen Challenge had a 70% plus cure rate for drug addicts that graduated from their program. In fact, it caught the attention of our federal government. And there was a study that focused on all of the the kids and and the the people that were coming through the program. The survey was conducted under the leadership of this Dr. Catherine Hess. She's a medical doctor, former assistant chief of the cancer control program of the U.S. Public Health Service. And she did this, and they weren't necessarily trying to promote Wilkerson's Teen Challenge. They were just trying to take an honest look at it and say, why why are they getting such cure rates on this? What they found out after this, it was a a highly uh, scrutinized uh, sampling that they took. They found that 72% of the graduates of Teen Challenge continued their education upon completion of the Teen Challenge program. 75% of the graduates um, found that they were self-supporting and earning their own salary after three years. 87.5% of the graduates did not require additional treatment once they had accepted Christ and gone through this program of discipleship and teaching of how to get a job, teaching of skills, and etc. 87.5% of the graduates did not require additional drug treatment after they left the program and they were they stayed off drugs until the time of this this survey which was done several years later 92% of the graduates reported good to excellent health the numbers are significantly lower for others who did not complete the program one of the things that came out of that and i want to leave you with this today was that the study says, the federal government study says, 
It credited the success of Tea Challenge program to the emphasis on a vibrant faith in Jesus Christ. They called it the Jesus Factor. There's much more on that test, but finally the government, though, after seeing what they were accomplishing, began to put restrictions on them and limited their ability. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.